0: 1 John, be in chapter 1, <clears throat> I'm always amazed that a uh, pastor would even ask me to come fill the pulpit for him, and also amazed that you show up when you know I'm going to be doing it, so <clears throat> we're going to read uh, a few verses here, uh, so when you get there, if you want to please stand for the reading of God's word, we're going to read a few verses. Now, the first uh, several verses we're going to read, uh, I'm not going to talk about because it's not part of my message. I just really like the first intro to First John. I think it's one of the most beautiful intros of the epistles in the Bible. So we're going to read that just because I like to read it, okay? <clears throat> so we'll start here in verse 1 of First John chapter 1, and it says, uh, "...that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes." which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye may also may have fellowship with us And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Now, that's just a super beautiful introduction, I think. Nothing to do with my message today. But I like it, and I wanted you to enjoy it as well. So now we're going to get into my message, which is verse 5. And uh, so he continues on, John does. uh, And he says, this then is the message... Which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all our sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the word, for the great intro here, and for, and for the, the good words you've given us, Lord. And I pray that uh, you would speak through me tonight into the hearts of those assembled here, and that we would reveal some truths uh, that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, so, uh, a few years ago, my family and I took a trip to Kansas City, just a little mini vacation. And while we were there, we went to the zoo. It's got a great zoo. And it's just by sheer coincidence that while we were there, uh, there was a solar eclipse. Didn't plan it, just happened. And so we went to the zoo that morning, and I didn't know anything about the solar eclipse. It wasn't going to happen here in Sioux Falls, so I had dismissed it. But down in Kansas City, it was down in an area that would actually receive uh, the solar eclipse. And so we got to the the zoo that day and they were selling little glasses you could use to look at the solar eclipse. And as the good father that I am, I said to myself, that's a waste of money. What a tourist trap that is. We won't be buying any of those sunglasses today, kids. And so we went out into the zoo. We were selling all the exhibits and it had been a couple hours. And People were walking around with these sunglasses, pointing at the sun and thinking it's all cool. And I and finally someone offered and and they lent us their sunglasses so we could see what the big deal was. And so I put them on and I looked up at the sun and sure enough it was pretty neat because the moon was covering at that point maybe like two-thirds, three-quarters of the sun. I mean, you couldn't tell, you know, walking around normally, but but you know, put the glasses on, you can look, and it was it was pretty crazy. And so uh, we all looked, and so that was fun, and we get the glasses back, and we went on our way, looking at animal after animal. And then, after an hour, or whatever the time frame was, uh, when the solar eclipse actually was going to happen, we were walking on a bridge, and all of a sudden, uh, it started getting dark, and it got dark really quickly. And it, maybe in the span of 10 seconds, it went from being normal daylight to being, like, nighttime. You know, it was, I could, you could still see some people, it wasn't like you're going to, run into somebody, but you couldn't read, it was really dark, and uh, that lasted for five, ten seconds, something like that, and then as, as quickly as it, as it came, it left, and the, and the moon kept transiting, and the, uh, the sunlight came back in about five or ten seconds, and then the whole thing was over, and we, we finished up our trip to the zoo, and it was a pleasant experience, I'll have you know. And so when I was reading this message, the talk of the light and the dark, I, I couldn't help but think of that experience because, I mean, if nothing else, how quickly I was able to go from real darkness to bright light. And just as, you know, you and I, when, when we get saved, how quickly we go from darkness into light. It's fast, isn't it? Thankfully. And so that, that image popped into my mind. And so as I was reading this, and John kept talking to me, it kept reappearing in my mind. And so John, when he's, when he's discussing this, this, this walking in the light, walking in the dark, it's talking about fellowship with God. And, and before he can get too far into the process, he first has to define God for us. And he defines God, uh, God in, in verse 5. He says that God is light. And that in God there is no darkness. So he goes on. He goes the extra step and says, hey, God is light. We all know that. But he also says, somewhat confusingly, in God there is no darkness at all, which I'm glad he says. Because if you think about the sun, for example, which is a giant ball of exploding gases, uh, it's, a, it's light, isn't it? But if you were to look at it through a telescope, with the right filters on, and using the right technology, you'll actually see, if you see the surface of the sun that there's dark spots on the sun. And you can't tell from you sitting here, but if you look at it, you can see there's dark spots on the sun. Well, guess what? There's nothing like that for God. God doesn't have any dark spots on him. He's, he's all light, 100% light, and so there's no darkness, which means that if you experience some darkness, it isn't from God, right? Because there is no darkness in God. And so he defines that for us. And then he goes on and he, and he gives us He gave us a definition, and then he goes on to give us some limitations. He talks about walking in the light and walking in the dark. And he gives us a limitation that says, if you say you walk in the light, but yet you walk in the dark, you actually are walking in the dark, and you've got no fellowship with God. That's the limitation. The limitation isn't, hey, I'm saying I'm walking in the light, therefore I'm walking in the light. The limitation is, if I say I'm walking in the light, and I'm not walking in the light... Well, guess what? I'm not walking in the light. It doesn't matter what you say, it only matters what you do. And so as we talk about the light and the dark going forward here, keep that in mind that it doesn't matter what we say or what we desire or what we confess, it only matters what we do. That's the limitation that John put on here. And so John writes that we've got a choice, don't we? We've got a choice, we can walk in the light or we can walk in the dark. Or if we can, you know, push metaphors aside, we can live our life within God's fellowship or without God's fellowship. Those are the two choices. And he mentions darkness and light. And so, if we look at the darkness and what that is, well, the darkness—if I can say that—it's over here. the, The darkness is an area where God's light is not shining, right? And so, people who are in the darkness are not saved. They don't know Christ as their Savior. They're lost. They're the ones who missionaries are trying to reach. That's who Buckland's trying to go to, is the people in the darkness. They're the ones who our bus ministry is trying to go out there and get and bring back to church, people who are lost, people who are in the darkness. They're the ones whose doors, uh, who, who they own the doors we knock on on Saturday mornings and try to invite them to church. They are the lost. They're not some figment of imagination. They're not some abstract concept. They're actual people Who are actually present with us right now? They're not always in some far off missionary field. Uh, They're your classmates, they're your coworkers, they're your neighbors, Uh, they can can be your friends, they can be your family. They're an actual people. Those are people that are in the dark. And if we contrast that with people who are in the light, let's say the light's over here, people who are in the light, well, they're the ones who are saved, aren't they? If you're saved tonight, raise your hand. Fantastic. Amen. You are in the light. You are the saved, the people who have the blood of Jesus Christ washed over you and paid for your sins. You're in the light. The people in the light are the ones that are the missionaries going out into the darkness to reach the dark, aren't they? They're the ones who are, or maybe they're sending the missionaries. They're not the missionaries themselves, that's fine. They're the ones who are running the buses who are bring kids to, to church to try and get the lost here saved. They're the ones who are knocking on the doors in town trying to reach the lost. That's the people of the light. And as I was reading this and I, I kept thinking back to the eclipse, I realized that, you know, maybe there's a little more to that. Maybe what John's saying here has a little more weight. And so I, I think just like the eclipse, there's darkness and there's light. And when I was in Kansas City with that eclipse... It wasn't a total eclipse, because I, I could can, I, I can see the people next to me a little bit. There was some light. So I have a slide to help explain this, because I like slides. So there we go. I, I made this myself. That's no shock to anybody. <clears throat> so you got the moon in between the earth, and so you can see, uh, it's hard to see on the slide, but there's a, there's a very dark inner cone there. It's a small cone. And the, in that area is a total eclipse. So in that area, there's no light uh, reaching the earth. So if you're in that area, all the light is blocked by the moon. And you can't see a thing because there's no light from the sun, there's no light from the moon, it's like a pitch black night. You'll have no vision at all. And then around that inner area that's dark is a, a, a slightly less dark area, isn't there? It's a larger area. And that's a partial eclipse. That's what I experienced in Kansas City where where the moon is blocking a lot of the light, but there's still some light that gets through to the surface and so, I, I, you know, it was dark, but I could still see people around me. It wasn't, you know, wasn't pitch black. That's a, that's a partial eclipse. And so the idea struck me that perhaps there's a third option, not between light and darkness, but if you're in the light, maybe you can be in the light, but you can also be in a third area or a different area. I'm going to call it the shadow area. Okay, and I think a lot of Christians find themselves in the shadow, I mean, they're still in the light. Don't get me wrong; they're still saved. They're still walking with God's uh, light shining on them. But there is something that's blocking God's light. They're not getting all of God's light. There's a hindrance or an aspect of God that they're not seeing because of where they are. Maybe you can turn the, the slide off. Thank you, Mike. <clears throat> so, so once you accept salvation from God, you transfer yourself from the darkness. And you're into the light because you're saved and that's, that's where you want to be. But there are situations where if you're walking in the light, maybe you're not walking in the complete light of God. So maybe instead of being in the bright light, you're over here in the shadow area. And it can be difficult to know. And there's dangers associated with the shadow area. I like to wear polarized sunglasses and that's an odd confession. I understand that. I, I like science. If I can use science in my daily life, I like to use science in my daily life. And so, so polarized lenses, for, for sake of a, you know, a, a long argument, I'm just going to simply say that polarized lenses uh, will block half of the light that goes through it. That's, how that's the science behind it. So, it's blocking 50% of the intensity of the light that goes through those polarized lenses. And there's often times when I'm wearing polarized lenses outside and it's daylight and I wish they were stronger. I think, well, you know, half of the light being blocked, that's a significant portion of light. If someone came and took half your income, you'd be like, this is a significant portion of my income that I'm missing. But there are times when I'm wearing those sunglasses, I wish they would block more light because it's so bright outside that I need more than half of the light blocked. And so you can find yourself as a Christian in much the same situation where you're in the light, but you're actually in some shade. And it's really bright shade because God's a really bright God. And he's shining only a portion of his light onto you. And even though it's only a portion of light, it can seem to you as being very bright. And so you can fool yourself into thinking that, hey, I'm actually I'm not, I'm in the light because it's so bright. But really, you're in the shadow. And so if we, if we, uh, if we think about it, you know, there's, there's differences that will make themselves manifest. I don't want to talk about some, you know, theoretical idea of, of light or darkness. I don't want to have this to be a, a purely academic topic. I want it to be a, a practical message for all of you. And so when I talk about the light and the darkness and the shadow, I want to bring it here to Eastside Baptist Church, if you'll allow me to do that. And so if, if, we, uh, if we're here and we're in the light... You know, so much of what we do here in the light is doing what Jesus wants us to do, right? Because part of walking in the light is to do as he walked in the light, it says. So having fellowship with God is obeying God's commandments in our life, but it's also doing the things that God wants us to do. And if we take Jesus as an example, Jesus obeyed the commandments of God while he was on earth, right? But he also did the things that God wanted to do, which is reach the lost. And so at Eastside, we have opportunities which we can go and, and reach the lost. You know, we got, you know, there's, uh, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 10 that the, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So Jesus wants us to be laborers in the harvest. And if you combine that with the great commission in Matthew that commands us to go out and witness to the lost, it's very clear that if we're standing over here in the light like a lot of us say we are, then what we're doing is we're going out and we're witnessing to others and we're trying to bring others to Christ. Does that make sense? So we have this commission that we're standing in the light and we're doing the things that God wants us to do, which is reaching those who are still in the darkness. And maybe you can't be a missionary I mean I'm, you know, that we all can't be missionaries, and maybe you can't be preachers or evangelists or, or, or teachers, but, but you can do something for God's thing. Part of being in the light is responding to what God's will is in your life, and I'm pretty sure God's will in your life is not to come to church and sit idly by, but it's to be active in membership and to be active in, in, in getting those who are lost and bring them to church and bring them to Christ. We have Uh, a really good uh, bus ministry going right now. It's just getting off the ground, and it's going, and and the numbers are increasing every week. We're bringing more and more people uh, to church, the bus ministry. And what that bus ministry right now is lacking are are bus captains. We've got the interns. They're heading up right now, doing a great job, but they leave in a few weeks. Who's going to take over the buses when they leave? Well, it's got to be someone who's in the light, right? And who's going to go knock on the doors of the lost on Saturday? If not, it's, it's got to be somebody in the light. And so as a Christian, it, it isn't enough that we say we're walking in the light. We actually have to be walking in the light. We have to say, we have to, we have to say yes, I want to bring people to Christ. But we actually have to do something toward that end. Otherwise, we're not doing the thing we're saying we're doing. And Which, according to verse 5 in John, that's the limitation, Right? It doesn't matter what we say we want. We can say we want people to participate in Sunday school. We can say we want people to be to be saved and for us to be an outreaching church. But if we're not doing it ourselves, if we're not actually working toward that end, then we're not walking in the light. So I'm, I'm not saying everyone here needs to be a Sunday school teacher. Uh, I'm just saying you've got to obey the will of God in your life. And And if, and if you walk in the light and you actually... Uh, have walked in the light, then you're going to walk in the way that that God wants you to walk, which is help to get others saved, um, which is to, to understand, you know, that you ha- want to have a positive Sunday school program and a positive, uh, you know, outreach program that happens on, on Saturdays. And if you're walking in the light and you're saying, you know what, I'm okay with uh, an understaffed Sunday school program who we need teachers and we need... You know, helpers and junior church workers and and nursery workers and 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 i'm okay if i'm standing here in the light i'm okay with a bus program that doesn't have any captains or i'm okay uh, knowing that only a very small percentage come on saturday mornings to knock on doors to pass out tracks or to invite them to church if i'm okay with that then maybe you should consider that you're not actually standing in the light but you're standing in the shadow and that there is some light on you because you're saved and you're, you want to do generally the right thing here. But, but you're also not getting 100% of the light that God wants you to get in your life. Because there's something blocking that light. And there's an aspect of him that you're not getting. And so, and so that's the first danger. There's, there's two dangers with this shadow that I want to talk about tonight. And the first danger that I see is this shadow is that it can trick you into thinking that you're not in the shadow. The shadow easily fools us into thinking that we're not in the shadow to begin with, that we're actually over there in the light. It's a dangerous area. And so if you realize that, that you're in the shadow, I shouldn't say that. If you are a Christian and you say you're in the shadow and you're okay with not giving 100% to God or not receiving um, all the, uh, and obeying all the, um, the statutes that God has for you, obeying his will in your life, then maybe you should think to yourself, I could be in the shadow. And, and you might think to yourself, well, so what? I, I'm in the shadow, but I, I still am in the light. And, and sure, there's people over there that are, that are walking in brighter light than I'm going to walk in, but I'm still in the light. And if I compare it to people over that side who maybe aren't walking in as bright a light as I'm walking in, well, I don't look so bad then, do I? Because they're, you know I'm kind of in the middle here. And, and yeah, it's the shade but I can still have I still have plenty of light. I can still see what I'm doing and, and I can get by and I can, I can do the things I need to do in the amount of light that is given to me. And if that's your attitude, then I think that, that woe is you because Jesus, in Revelation, talking to the church at Laodicea, he says that, that I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So, then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of thy mouth. You see, God doesn't want us to live in the shadow. God wants us to live in the light. I mean, however bright that shadow may seem to you, it is far better to be in the unfiltered light of God where it's all God shining on you. That is a far better place to be than if you're in the shadow with a little bit of shade and you, you seem more comfortable. Because God wants a relationship with you. And the quality of your relationship with God is directly proportional to how much light is shining on you. So the more shade you find yourself in, the less quality of a relationship you have with God. And God wants a great relationship with you. Because that is the most important relationship you'll have in your life. It is the relationship that is going to spill over and into every single other relationship and area of your life. It is the prime relationship. And for all of its importance, a little bit of sin can greatly affect that relationship That's right. That's right. by casting just a little bit of shadow on it. So a question has to be asked, is what's causing the shadow in my life? And it's an easy question to answer, isn't it? We all know the answer. You know, It's sin, right? It's our flesh. I, I can rephrase the question if you want. and it probably... Is a better question to ask. What is causing a hindrance between you and God? What's hindering your relationship with God? We want a perfect relationship. And so we know that our flesh is causing that hindrance, right? John defined God in verse 5 as saying, God is light and in him is no darkness. So if you find yourself walking in the shadow, it isn't the shadow that God's creating a shadow that you're creating. Any shadow you walk in, regardless of how slight that shadow might be or how much light is still getting to you, that shadow is caused by your own doing. Now, I don't mean to be uh, so direct with you, perhaps, but if you'll ask my wife, she'll kindly tell you that I need direct things in my life. I don't get hints, okay? That's why I went ten layers without getting flowers to her, because I, I wasn't getting it. I don't get subtleties. I need direction. I need direct things in my life. And so when I speak directly like this to you, I don't mean to offend you. I just mean to give you what God has spoken directly to me about because I need that direct part of my life as well. And I I think that a lot of us do. So, So that slight reduction in the brightness of God's light, the shadow that you're standing in, what's causing that? Well, it's something in your life. You know, yeah, it's a sin, we can easily say that, but, but it's, it's probably something that you refuse to let go of. It's an aspect of your life that you like, and you're afraid if you give it to God, you'll lose that part. And we ought not think that way. You know, maybe uh, it's a relationship in our life that we enjoy, you know, a relationship that makes us feel good, that, that, that bolsters our pride, but it's an unhealthy relationship to be in. Or it's a friendship that you have that isn't a good friendship, but it's a, it's a fun friendship. These are things that can hinder our relationship with God and they can cast a shadow in our lives. Maybe it's, it's the music you listen to. Or, or the TV shows, or I guess now they're called streaming shows. I don't know how it works, but whatever you're watching on television. You know, it may be something you enjoy, and however small that might seem, it could cause you to have a, a relationship issue with God. If you can't stand up right here and tell everyone in this room all the details of these relationships or these aspects of your life or the, or the lyrics of the music you're listening to or what, the details of the show you're watching, if you can't do that and at least not be super embarrassed by it, then odds are it's causing a shadow in your life and it's hindering the light that's reaching you that God wants you to have. You know, It could be a, it could be a hidden sin in your life. One that you've had for so long, you've already justified it long ago. You even realize it's a sin, but it's still there. God knows it's a sin, and it's still causing a shadow in your life. You know, maybe it's, a, it's an addiction, and you think to yourself, well, I don't have a problem, because I'm not the average person. I'm smarter than they are. I'm better than they are. I'm, I'm more responsible than they are. But any amount of sin in your life is going to cause a shadow. You can think that these things won't affect you, but they do because they affect your relationship with God. And and anytime the the fullness of God's light is being blocked in your life, that relationship is going to take a a, a dive as well. And it's going to block that light in your life. And so the danger uh, of the shadow is that it hinders our relationship with God. It hinders the work we can do for God. If we're standing in the shadow, we don't get all of what he wants us to do. We don't obey all the things he tells us to obey. And so the, the witnessing that can be done or the doors that can be knocked or the, the you name it, the, the, the work that God wants you to do is going to suffer because you're in the shadow. And that's, that's dangerous. There's, le- there's less witnessing, there's less souls being saved, all because you're walking not in the pure light but in the shadow. And it's a slippery slope. Because how many of us have woken up uh, and it's dark out and you turn the lights on in your room, what do you do? Well, you're not used to the light, are you? You're used to the darkness. And so your eyes try and try and close and you get all confused and disorientated or if you walk outside of a dark building into the sunlight, it's confusing at first and it's, it's disorientating because we're used to the darkness. And we are used to the darkness. We came from the darkness. Every single one of us was in the darkness at one time. And you came out of the darkness. And anytime you come out of the darkness into the light, your flesh wants to go back to the darkness. And so if you're standing in the shadow and you try and make a move to go toward the light, what's the what's your flesh gonna have you do? It's gonna resist that change because bright light confuses us, bright light disorientates us, bright light hurts our eyes. And it wants us to go into the darkness. And when you're hanging out in the darkness for a little bit of time, what happens? Your eyes get used to the darkness, don't they? And so if you live your life in the the edge of the shadow, you know, the light's right here. I'm just in the little bit of the edge of the shadow. What's going to happen is you're going to get used to the shadow. And you're going to think to yourself, you know what? This is actually all the light God wants for me. And this is an acceptable place to be. And so what happens then is it's easy to go one more small step. Because it's a little bit of darkness, your eyes are okay with that. And then you, you walk this path for a bit and you get used to it again and you think to yourself, hey, I'm okay. I'm where God wants me to be. It's still really bright here. I can still do all the things I want to do. And you can see where it's a slippery slope because it's easy to keep going down into the darkness, much harder to go the other way. And so that, there's a danger there in, in realizing that even though it's a small amount of shadow you're, you're, you might be living in, it is a shadow nonetheless, a shadow that you shouldn't be in. So there's a danger in being in the shadow because, you know, it hurts your relationship with God. And it tries to convince you that you aren't in the shadow to begin with. That's the first danger. And here's the second danger. The second danger is that maybe you think that you're right here. Hey, I'm in the shadow. And I, I could do more. I could be more in the light and I could do more things for God uh, but I could also do less, so, so i 'm okay right here. But the danger is that you 're not actually right here. The danger is you 're over here. The danger is you 're not in the light of God, but you 're in the darkness. And the light that you think you 're walking in, that you think is from God isn 't from God, but it 's from somebody else reflecting their light onto you. And i don 't get me wrong, Christians who are walking in the light are going to reflect god 's lights around them, and they're going to reflect that light into the darkness. That's what God wants for us. And Jesus tells us, you know, we're the light of the world. Right? We, should, we, we should let our light so shine before men that they, they see your good works and glory, glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That's God's plan for our lives, is to be a reflecting light of his brightness into the darkness to help save others. That's a good thing. But the danger is when if you're on the receiving end of that reflected light, you can convince yourself fairly easily that that the reflected light is actually shadow. And that you're actually walking where God wants you to walk, when in reality you're not walking where God wants you to walk, are you? You're in the darkness. And that's a dangerous place to be. You see that reflected light that you're walking in from somebody else in your life? That's a good light to walk in if you use it correctly. It's meant as a temporary guide. A guide to get you from the darkness into the light. But if you choose to live your life in that, in that reflected light, you're living your life not in the light of God, but in the darkness. And if you're darkness, you're not saved. That's a huge danger, isn't it? We can easily convince ourselves that the light we're living in, it's reflected light, but we could be living hey i think i'm in the shadow but i'm not and and we've we've heard these stories again i've heard many stories of somebody who, who was raised in church who was raised in a christian home who knew the right things to do and it was only later on in their life where they realized usually through some stretching you know through some bad situation that hey i'm not actually saved i need to get saved well why weren't they saved before they, they were raised in church. They went to church every day. They had good Christian family. They did, you know, family Bible studies and all these things. They knew what they knew, was you know, was was required of them to get saved. They knew the information. Why weren't they saved? Because they thought they were walking in the shadow, but in actuality, they were walking in the reflected light of somebody else. And until they realized that, they couldn't realize that they needed to actually change where they were walking. So for the shadow to to, uh, trick you into thinking that, hey, you're actually walking in the shadow, not someone else's reflective light, that's the second danger. I mean, these stories abound because the people who, who grew up this way and who are walking in the reflected light of God, they're doing what John says we can't do, which is saying we walk in the light, but we're actually walking in darkness. And if we do that, we have no fellowship with God. It doesn't matter what you say you're doing, it only matters what you're doing. We have to have faith. We have to trust God. You know, and, and as rare as you might think that story is, it's probably not as rare as you think it is, as it actually is. It probably happens more and more than we think. Not only do people in this room, because I know people in this room have experienced that same situation. And they've and they've realized later on that they weren't saved and they got saved, and that's great. But there are other people in this room who might not realize that yet. And I know for sure. There's people outside this room who don't realize that yet because they're walking in the reflected light of maybe it's their parents over there who are telling them, hey, you're saved because I'm, I'm saved. Or maybe you're walking in the reflected light of your spouse or of your kids or of your responsibilities at church. It need not be a person. Your mind can, can, can trick you into thinking that I've got th- I do a lot of things at church and therefore I'm walking in the light. Or I read my Bible that's reflected light, but it's not real light. It could be tradition. I was raised in a, in, a, in a good family. I went to church every day. These are reflected lights that come on uh, to people who were in the darkness, and, and maybe they realize not until it's too late that, hey, it's not actual light from God. It's reflected light from somebody else. And so your, your light that you walk in is going to be tested someday. Hopefully it's soon because if it's not soon, then it, it, it happens up in heaven at the at the throne of judgment and then it's too late to change. And so teens, you're you're a classic example. If I can talk to you for a second, there's gonna come a point in your life, probably very soon, where you're gonna graduate. I'm not sure of my kids, but you generally as a whole, hopefully you'll graduate. And then you're going to leave the home, right? You're going to get out of your, your parents' house and you're going to go live by yourself. Maybe you'll move away somewhere. I don't know what the future holds for you. But, but when that happens, your light's going to get tested. Because right now you're living with your parents and you're living in their reflected light because they're filtering things out for you and they're, they're uh, making sure distractions don't come your way and they're kind of keeping you focused. I mean, you're here, you're at church, you're active in church and that's good. And you're active in the youth group and you're going to youth con and and college days and camp and all these things are, are good things. But when you get out of the house and you lose that reflected light of your parents and maybe you move away and you lose the reflected light of the church and this congregation, well, you're going to find out then whether you're truly walking in God's light or not. If you're truly walking in God's light, then no real change. Because that reflected light isn't near as bright as God's light. But if all you're doing is walking in the reflective light, then as that goes away, it's going to cause a chain of reaction. And so, you know, now you're gone from your parents. And they're not here to give you their reflected light. And so maybe now you, you don't pray as much anymore. Or you don't read your Bible and you've lost that light. And then your, your attendance in church starts to, to go down and you lose that reflected light. And then you, you lose fellowship with other Christians and you lose that reflected light. And you're going to find yourself in the dark with no light and nowhere, uh, no idea where to go, or you'll keep going to church just a little bit, just enough to maintain that reflected light, just enough to maintain the illusion in your mind that you're actually walking in the shadow, which is the light, and you're still not though. These are the dangers that you face, and so now is the time before you start losing that reflected light to make sure that you're walking in God's true light and not reflect the light of your family or your friends or your church or your youth group or whatever else you do here at church. And don't think I forgot about the adults. The same thing applies to you. I mean, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm good. I'm already out of the house, and here I am at church, and that's good. But you can still be walking in the reflected light. Maybe that's reflections coming from your spouse or, or your parents or your kids or, or your desire to raise your kids right. Maybe that's where the light's being reflected from. Either way, reflected light is not meant to be lived in. Only as a guide is it meant to get you from the darkness into the light. So so now is the time to make sure that the light you're walking in is from God directly and not reflected off somebody else. Solidify your faith, remove all the distractions, and make sure that the light you're walking in is the correct light. Because because salvation isn't transferable your friend's salvation won't be transferred to you salvation isn't because well, I'm walking in the reflected light of somebody else or a tradition that I've held or, or experiences that I've had in my life or expectations that I have in my life those things don't give you salvation only the true light of God gives you the salvation it's not transferable it's only from God so make sure that you're walking in it. So as, as we close here today, there's, there's things to remember. There's darkness and there's light. And we get to choose where we walk. If we walk in the darkness or even in the shadow, that's our choice, not God's choice for us. God would have us walk in the light. So if we find ourselves in the shadows, it's our own doing. And the danger of the shadow is that you might think that you're walking in the light, but really you're walking in the shadow. It can fool you into thinking that the shadow doesn't exist, that you're walking in the light that God wants you to walk in when you're not. And the other danger of the shadow is that it will fool you into thinking that you're actually in the shadow, when in reality you're in the darkness and it's reflected light from somebody else that you're walking in, which is a dangerous situation because that is a a, a path that does not lead toward heaven. Because you are not saved if that's the situation for you. So let's stand here, we'll close up, we'll have an invitation. And and I I, I'll ask you to to take this invitation time and to have some self-reflection and to to really examine yourself, because that's the only way to know what kind of light you walk in. The the psalmist said in Psalm one hundred thirty nine search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. He's saying those things because he wants God to show him where the shadow is in his life. Is he in the shadow? Is he in the darkness? And he goes on and he says, um, and lead me in the way everlasting. So whether you're in the shadow or you're in the darkness walking in the reflected lights, the way you want God to lead you is toward the unfiltered, 100% light that God wants for your life. So take the time, while we have the time, and it's not too late, to figure out which way you're, you're walking, whether you're walking in the light, the shadow, or the darkness. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you tonight with, uh, with open hearts, Lord, and open minds, and I pray that you would, you would show us the things that are hindering our relationship with you, and that you would show us the shadows that we're casting in our own lives. And I also pray, Lord, that if there's someone here who's not walking in the shadow but the, or the light, but they're walking in the darkness and, and they just think they're walking in the light, Lord, that you would you would show them and you would convict their heart, Lord, that they would get that settled here tonight, Lord, before it's too late. I thank you for all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.